Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Are we supposed to get married? I'm going to just swipe left. I just want somebody to share my life with. Expectations, they are unspoken needs or desires. You can keep waiting for the fairy tale, or you can get on board with the new rules of relationships. If you've seen me on The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, then you know this ain't your mama's love advice. This is Dates and Mates with Damona Hoffman. Hello, lovers. Welcome to another intriguing episode of Dates and Mates. Dating is complicated. I think we can agree on that. And it's easy to get wrapped up in the dating game. But the reality is everyone is playing by different rules. And it's really just part of life since we all have unique needs and unique interests. So let's quit with the game playing. It's all about honesty and authenticity. That's what we are always talking about on Dates and Mates. And that is especially what we're talking about today because that is what will lead you to the intimacy that you're seeking in your dating life and in your relationships. And it's also why I have invited love coach and host of the Love Drive podcast, Sean Galanos here to talk about intimacy in all its forms. But first and foremost, we got a dish. The big headline for today is, are you bringing your friends on dates? You're not alone. No, really. You're not alone. <laughs> then later, dear Demona, I'll tackle the burning question. I changed my profile to list my sexual orientation as bisexual, and it's causing a stir in my dating life. What should I do? <laughs> it's going to be a real one, lovers. So let's dish. These dating dish. The mirror across the pond in the UK for me said one in five singletons. I love how they use the term singletons. We don't say that here in the U.S. I love it. Okay, here's the stat. One in five singletons admit to secretly taking a friend on a date with them. Are you all doing this? Are you seriously doing this? They polled 2,000 single adults, and they said that in the last five years, over half of them had their friend show up in secret to their date. So they weren't even like, hey, I'm going to bring my girl with me. They literally like had their friend sit in the corner I guess, to make sure everything was cool or maybe as like their safety, security blankie. I don't even know. But what I'm seeing is that people are bringing their friends into the conversation of dating more. And this is a big thing you've heard me talk about on the show. If you've listened to the show for a long time, I mean like a long time, you know, I met my husband back in the middle ages of online dating. And back then, I'd have to rush home to check my messages and I'd be like sitting at my desk in my room waiting on emails or or messaging people or chatting. But 
there was a big shift between when online dating was on websites, on your computer, and like the smartphone, taking your app out with you into the world. And one of the things that happened, yes, I know the speed of dating, which we talk about all the time. But the other thing that happened is it became more social, which I think has in large part diminished the stigma around online dating because people were taking their apps to their friends. And according to this article, people are consulting their friends about dates. They said that preparations and pre-date conversations with friends begin around two days before the main event. So some of the popular rituals, I love that they said like it's a ritual, (laughs) but I digress. They are bringing, singles are bringing their friends into the conversation. So prior to the date, they are sharing information about their romantic interests, 32%. They are looking them up on social media, 30%, along with their friends. They are sourcing date location recommendations. They are asking for advice on outfits and going to their friends to boost their confidence prior to the date. And all of these things I actually think are great, great resources. We should be tapping into our community, our friends, our support system to get ourselves in the right mindset for the ritual of the date. The part that I cannot get on board with is this idea that having a friend on the date is going to make you more comfortable and therefore better on the date. Look, your friend is not going to be in the bedroom with you unless, I mean, unless it's that kind of friendship, but I don't really know. Your friend is not going to be there every step of the way. So you have to see what the relationship is going to be like just with that person independently. And while you can source their their support and their information and their guidance before the date. I am not here for bringing them to the date with you. Talking to them on the way there, totally. But also, how can we go inside? How can we dive deeper internally to find that confidence and that clarity ourselves? Because that is really the key to unlocking these meaningful connections. Your friend is not going to be able to tell you what to say. And even though on television, yes, I have been in the ear of daters telling them what to say, but I don't want to do that because I want you to find the words that are authentic to you. I don't want to be your Cyrano. I want you to have the confidence and to know your stories and to know your ritual of dating so well that when you go there, it's just about Letting that inner you that you're already feeling confident and clear about out to play. You're just playing. You're just connecting with another human and you're going to be just fine. And then you can just let your friends stay home and let me be your confidant because my profile starter kit will give you the best tips to revamp your profile and get you online easily and quickly and onto your dating success story. You can get yours for free at datesandmates.com. When we come back, love coach, TikTok sensation, and host of the Love Drive podcast, Sean Galanos, will be here to discuss all things intimacy. Stay with me. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. 
To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. Lovers, 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 I am here with Sean Galanos. He is a love coach and a TikTok sensation, Instagram influencer, and the host of the Love Drive podcast. Sean holds certifications in personal and professional coaching, and he's created online courses on healthy communication, emotional availability, flirting, and more. Sean has worked with Good Morning America, The Today Show, The Good Men Project, and Real Love Ready. Years before making a career in love, people would bring their messy relationship issues to Sean because he knew how to listen without judgment. And today he's teaching intimacy and communication tools that will help people get the kind of love they deserve. And you deserve to hear from this man. Please help me give big smooches to Sean Galanos. Hi. Love smooches to start off with. It's so great. I know. Well, I know it's a little bit forward. We are just meeting for the first time, but I've been following your work for a while and it, it just, it, I was struck by the mood and felt like it was appropriate. It feels right. <laughs> it feels right. I'm into it as well. Good. Well, I'm so glad that you are here because you connect with people, Sean, and I've just been really impressed with your Instagram and your podcast. And let's just begin with what why do you think your approach has connected with so many people that's an awesome question that people don't normally ask that's great i think that it's like so simple that people can't believe that that might be an approach that works Right, I think we're just used to like making things really complicated and having to play games and guessing what people want and being coy and all that stuff. And my approach is really like, let's just not do any of that because no one is playing by the same rules. Yeah. Right? It's like, <laughs> I, 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 I won't play the game because I don't know the rules. We, we never had any formalized, standardized dating relationship education. And so everyone's playing by a different set of rules. So why don't we just put those games aside and just say what we want in a kind, loving way. And also be be prepared to accept that some people aren't going to want what we want. You know, there was something you said in the, the, we don't have an education in that. And I've also heard you say on the Love Drive on your podcast that you do content that teaches what you wish you had learned when you were younger or what you need to be reminded of today. So tell me a few of the things that you wish you had known when you were younger? I wish I had known that I could be honest about wanting sex. I feel like that's one of the big ones that I kind of realized early on. I, I thought to myself, like, why is this so complicated? Why do I have to like disguise the fact that I'm a sexual being and want to have sex, right? And what if I just told people what I wanted and then let them figure it out, figure out if that's also what they wanted? And then we can have a whole lot of clarity and a really fun you know, playing field for us to explore sexuality. So that was sort of the first one was, why can't I just be honest about this? And if they don't want that, then just be like, cool, thank you for letting me know. This isn't a good fit. Instead of like pretending that I want a relationship or pretending that I want something other than the thing that I actually want. Because guess what? There are lots of women who also just want to have sex. So that was one of the big ones that sort mm -hmm. of got me thinking about this stuff early on. What if I could just be honest about what I wanted? And, and that even extends to like, hey, I want more commitment. I want to have a family. I want to do all these things. Why can't we just say that? Yeah, I, I'm sure there are a lot of ladies listening right now that are like, 
I'm really glad that he said that. And I get so many questions on this podcast about what does he really mean? What is he <laughs> what what does he really want? And a lot of times my follow-up is, have you asked? Right. We make so many assumptions about what the other person is thinking or what their motivations are, or we overlay our expectations or desires on that other person. And then, you know, what they say, expectations are just resentments waiting to happen. So when we have those expectations and they're not met, then we're mad about it. But we 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 didn't actually ask the question in the first place. Well, and that's another sort of definition that I've been noodling on of about expectations is that they are they are unspoken needs or desires, right? It, it's a mm-hmm. thing that I want that I haven't asked for, and you won't give it to me, so now I'm upset. And I just want to be clear that you know I have used that that sort of response to a lot of people when they say, "Oh, what does he mean? What does he want?" And I say. You know, have you asked him? And some of them are like, "Yeah, dude, I have asked him, and he still won't tell me." Right. So I do want to leave room for people who are asking, who are making those requests, and who are still being stonewalled or in relationship or in connection with someone who just is unable to just speak their truth because they're totally terrified of hurting the other person. I honor that <laughs> and recognize that, <laughs> but I also think that people. Communicate in different ways. And I see that there is a a push towards getting people to communicate in our way of communicating. And so many times we get the answer. We just don't get it in the form that we want it, or we don't get it, we don't get the answer that we want. So then we try to change the answer, right? Like I was just watching um this amazing show, Couples Therapy on um Showtime, and there this couple was arguing. Uh, because the woman wanted the guy to just tell her what he wanted. And the therapist was like, but do you realize he's t- telling you by by pulling away, by stonewalling, by by not communicating, that's actually him communicating. Give me some more signs, Sean, <laughs> we could be looking for as alternative ways of people communicating that we might be missing. Gosh, I really I really wish we didn't have to look at other signs. I really wish we could just <laughs> talk about what we want or what we don't want or what's wrong with us. I mean, this is, you know, sort of emotional intelligence 101 is being able to have these difficult conversations and to say things that the other person might not like. I will just say one sign might be looking out for changes in pe- the way people are communicating cuz i'm married to somebody that is not the not the most verbal communicator but i can tell like if something is up i can notice a change in his behavior and just observe like to just not trying to change the behavior but like i've noticed this is there anything you want to talk about or is everything okay and letting that be sort of the gateway to communication yeah, I think that's beautiful. And uh, I was just thinking about this idea of how you can, if someone stonewalls or changes the subject, you could say, hey, you know, I noticed I I, uh, I asked you, uh, you know, where you saw this relationship going, even though I, that's the first thing that came to mind, but I don't like that question. And I noticed that you changed the subject. And so I'm kind of curious, like, what's that about? Because I'd love to know where you see this relationship. Um, so to bring up what you're noticing, right, the lack of communication or the behavior change, bring it up, you know, and and I, you know, I kind of think we need to put some of these people uh, 
put their feet to the fire, right? These sort of like non-communicators that that just don't have the, the experience. They just don't know that if they they are honest, that maybe it's a safe space for them to be honest. I think we do need to put their feet to the fire just a little bit. So for anyone that's listening, that's like, I want to do that, Sean, that sounds ideal. And I'm scared. Like, I don't know how to begin that conversation, that process. What would you tell them? Yeah, I think, first of all, let's let's look at that fear, right? Because oftentimes the fear is that we're not going to get the answer that we want. I think it's important to look at that fear, okay? What is the worst case scenario here? Are they going to run or are they going to run away? Okay, well, if if they do, if they leave the relationship completely because you've put, you know, quote unquote, put their feet to the fire, well, then maybe that's not the kind of person that you're going to be building a long-term fulfilling relationship with anyways, right? If just the, the a conversation about a relationship makes them run away, well, then, you know, they were going to run at some point. Well, and I had actually a pretty similar experience to what we were talking about, you know, before I met my husband. I was in this like on again, off again relationship. And yeah, I was terrified to ask this person, like, what what are we doing here? Like, it's been four years and we're like in and out of it. And I got clarity, like, I don't want to do this anymore. So either either you're coming over to this side with me or there's the alternative, but we're not going to be in this middle space. And it was really, really hard to have that conversation. But after I saw just how, just how empowering, knowing that this was not going to be my person. And that feeling was so much greater than the feeling of loss, honestly, yeah. of having clarity. Yeah. You know, rejection is, if you can see rejection as liberating, that is a power move that will pay dividends for the rest of your life. But oftentimes we just internalize that thing. We go, see, I'm not worthy. I knew it. I'm not good enough to be in love with this person. I'm not good enough to be their partner. And that's just sort of the easy victim thing that we go that we all kind of go into rather than saying to yourself, ouch, that really hurt. I like did it. I like, you know, gave it a good old college try. I got rejected. That hurts. And I'm still a good person. And I'm still worthy of love. And there is someone out there, even though I don't know how I'm ever going to find them, there is somebody out there that I can be in a relationship with. So you do have to separate the request from you, your value, your worth, your esteem as a person. And that that's hard to do. For sure. But the more you do it, the more you practice it. Better you'll get. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Let's turn the conversation towards communication of a more intimate nature. You also, you get a lot of questions, Sean, about intimacy. <laughs> We're talking about what do you think? sexuality? <laughs> yeah, well, sexuality or the larger umbrella of intimacy, too. What do you get the most questions around intimacy, sexuality regarding? Oh, gosh. I mean, I, I feel like I, you know, I get when he does this, what does he mean? Or when he said this, what does that mean? You know, that's like a bulk of the questions that I get. And and I just want to like strangle my phone and go like, ask him already, you know, like ask them. (laughs) But when it comes to sexuality, I don't know. I don't, you know, I think I've done a few Q and A's where they were sex focused and I think I could split them up into, into two categories. How do I ask for this thing that I want? Right. More kink, more, presence in the bedroom, longer foreplay, uh, what's up with the ED, 
That's that's a pretty common one. What's up with ED? Yeah, like oh. what's up with I know. See, I know. they can ask you these questions because you're you're you know you're you're a safe person to ask, but they can't ask the guy what's up with his ED. Well, all those questions, right? I'm a safe, like I'm just a magical internet person, so it's much easier <laughs> to ask me than it is to ask the person that you you know that holds the answer that you. Uh, might not be looking for, but but it is the answer that that they have. The other ones are: Is this okay? Is it okay that I fantasize about my ex? Is it okay? Do guys care about X, Y, and Z? So a lot of questions around: How do I talk about this thing that's awkward to talk about? And then the rest are like: Am I okay? Am I normal? It's interesting you bring that up. Like people wondering what's normal and wanting to explore other things. I just thought I would bring up as okay, Cupid's official dating coach, I have all this data on like what's actually happening. So for anyone that is curious about sexuality, kink, which you brought up, is actually on the rise according to okay, Cupid users. There's been a 55% increase in the last year of users saying that they're kinky and of like BDSM mentions in female users' profiles, that's up 17%. You know, I uh, I have a, a long time or have had a long time love affair with uh, OK Cupid. Oh, really? The, yes, that was <laughs> that was the first more. and probably longest running dating app that I used. You know, for a good like fifteen years. You know, unfortunately, the love affair ended when the big profiles went away. You know, the ability to search via like people's interests and you can't keyword search. You still can't search based on the matching questions keywords. You know I what I mean? You. It was like a forum back then. It felt like, and I'm like a forum discussion board nerd. So I really love that format and I loved being able to deep dive into people's profiles. But yeah, the searching capability was something that I missed. And I know everybody's just too in too much of a hurry. It's true. I think that's the biggest thing. Like I heard you and Alana Dunn whose podcast I was also on, you talked about just, first of all, just the definition of dating and how it seemed like your definition of dating was much more like optimistic yeah. than hers. She's like, dating is like this confusing, frustrating process that we stumble through. And I thought it was really interesting. I've seen the big shift really around, I think it's the speed of dating that has changed the most. And I don't think like, it was interesting hearing Ilana's perspective was like, there's so many people out there and it's so hard to make a connection. And I kind of look at it from the alternative perspective. Like there's so many people out there. It should be easier to make a connection, but we're, we're in such a hurry that it's, it's, it's hard to have all of the things. It's hard to have the deep dive um, forum conversation and also say, but I don't want to spend a lot of time on my dating app and I want it to be quick and easier to use. You know, we want to kind of have our cake and eat it too. <laughs> I mean, I could talk about this for hours, but there's so many challenges, you know, with online dating and, and how it's sort of shifted and, and sort of changed the whole landscape to how we date. And I do agree with Alana that that there is this idea or this this basically this concept of choice paralysis that really comes in into play with online dating, especially if you live in a metropolis where there does you know, seem to be a seemingly endless supply of people. And what happens is that the person that's in front of you is never, is never good enough because there is the promise of something better right around the corner, right? So you never just sort of settle for good enough. 
And, you know, they've done studies on uh, uh, jam purchases, you know, at the grocery store, jelly and jam, that uh, they stocked an aisle with like 50 different flavors. And then they sort of like watched people who were going in there to buy jam and they were overwhelmed and they walked away with no jam. But if there was only six flavors, jam sales went through the roof, right? And so that is an issue that's being perpetrated in online dating. And now we're sort of in this world where some, I mean, I identify as an optimizer. I'm always trying to optimize for the best possible scenario in everything. And that includes relationships. And that's where you might get into trouble because you might be on a date with a really great person that is like a little weird in some way that you start thinking, well, what, what if I could find this, but a little bit better? And then you might just end up sort of forever looking for that better option. I feel like this is a narrative that is out there. But when my clients really clarify, I think you don't you don't allow people to waste your time and you get clarity on like, this is what I'm looking for. These are like the must-haves in the relationship. But if you're always optimizing, you're always looking. You know, I think we just make these snap judgments about people too quickly. And we don't give it time to like aerate, you know, like a nice bottle of wine. I think people <laughs> feel that they are running out of time and that they're in a rush. And that may be true for women who, you know, want to have biological children with their partner. There, there is, there is like some clock there. There is some pressure that if you're not doing it, then you're wasting time and that you're running out of time. And so that puts like an artificial pressure on these dates to, to like wow each other after the second date. And that's nice. You know, sparks flying everywhere is nice. Also, not really a good indicator or predictor of long-term relationship satisfaction and stability. Oh, gosh, there's so much I want to talk to you about. But um, gender roles, I've also heard you talk about gender roles. I'm not a big fan of them. Sounds like you're not either. But why are we still having these conversations, Sean, about gender roles, like these caveman <laughs> ideas? Why are we still having conversations about whether women can have abortions? Okay, he said it. He said it. I mean, like, right? you know, like, I don't know. It just feels like we're going back in time in a lot of different ways. Um, you know, why are we having conversations about the fact there are only two genders? It's just, we're going to be having these conversations till the end of time. I really, I, I really think. Um, and it's unfortunate. I don't know. Some people would say that we continue to live in the best era, right? Where, where we have the best quality of life. We're the safest. We have the longest life expectancy. And yet we're still dealing with these sort of archaic issues around gender and gender roles and, you know, access to abortion and all this stuff. So I don't know, man, what a, that's just a lot. It's a lot. What I can say is that there, there seems to be some, uh, some folks that are really focused on this male, female, feminine, masculine polarity thing, which I, I don't really understand. I mean, there is a bit of the yin and the yang and there's, there's some Tantra stuff in there and and I don't want to poo-poo anybody's work, but I don't think that like, you know, if if you're a more masculine woman, you'll never be in a happy relationship with a man. Right. I just I just don't think that you need to lean more, like lean into your femininity and take a step back and let him lead so that you could have this like harmonious connection or partnership. You may have noticed, Sean, I'm a bit of a type A. <laughs> Leading lady. 
And a lot of the listeners to this podcast would identify in the same way. So what advice from from the male perspective, what advice do you have for women that have been told like, oh, you're you're too aggressive. You're too, you know, like you're very outspoken. You're very strong. You're a strong black woman. Well, you know, I think it comes down to this whole like, oh, am I too intimidating? Or are they just intimidated? Right. So I don't think anybody needs to like tone their power down. Right. And I don't think any, any woman who's a strong anything woman needs to tone it down for the comfort of others, especially men. Right. There are a lot of dudes out there that are like, yeah, sister, like be strong. Cool. I got you. And if I disagree with you, then I will be strong and we will have a strong argument about this thing that we disagree about. But there are people that are going to be able to handle you and your strength. Right. And match you even or give you room. And how would you say if you you know who you are as an individual, how do you identify your needs in a relationship so that you can get your needs met? Wow. That's a hard hitting question. Yeah. You know, needs is interesting because a lot of times people are scared of being labeled as too needy. I think the the reality is that humans are needy. So everybody has needs. Some of these needs are inside job needs. If you have a need to be constantly reassured by your parents or your loved one, constant reassurance, no amount of reassurance will ever be enough for you because you will constantly be seeking more. And so that's something that you're probably going to have to go and address in therapy. But you know your basic needs like love, connection, friendship, sexuality, you know, like to be seen, to be held. These are all sort of basic needs. And one way to identify that is like, what aren't you getting in your life, right? Where do you find some sort of, some area of lack where maybe your partner can meet that need, right? So there's there's a lot of ways of getting those needs met. I feel like this was sort of a nebulous answer as well, but sometimes that's what you get. No, it was not a nebulous answer. It was, it was a perfect answer for an imperfect question, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> Sean, you have you have a program coming up, the Love Collective. Tell us about it. Yeah, it's it's not a love, it's not a cult. But <laughs> if it if it I was were, gonna say, is this a cult? It sounds a bit like a cult, the collective. Um, <laughs> TLC for short. It's a 12-week program, it's a love training. Uh, we will meet for 12 hours. So once a week for 12 weeks around 12 themes. Uh, love, relationship, dating, and sexuality, right? So anything around getting your needs met, speaking up in your relationship, how to co-create intimacy in you know, a sexual encounter, uh, how to heal from heartbreak. And we will learn these concepts, but also there's going to be a lot of room for Q&A. So we start June 7th. It's online. It's all recorded. Uh, LiveLoveTraining.com. It's $349, but I also have discounts and there's a payment plan to like spread out the payments. Thank you so much for joining me, Sean. You can find the Love Drive podcast wherever you like to listen to your podcasts and be sure to check out Sean on Instagram and TikTok at the Love Drive, where he is always dishing out sound yet provocative advice. And what an opportunity for you to join the Love Collective, a live love training we have a special link that'll let Sean know that you came to him from the Dates and Mates podcast. We will put that special link in the show notes and you can grab your spot in the Love Collective until June 7th. 
In a moment, I'll be back to answer the following listener question. I started listing my sexual orientation as bisexual, but it's complicated. Should I just change it back to straight? <laughs> I'll tell you in a moment. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. You know I have always got you covered with your dating dilemmas. So let's get into the question of the week. Demona, help me. This question came to me in an email from a listener we'll call Jay. She says, Hi, Demona. After a failed four-year-long relationship with a man, I did a lot of introspection and realized that I have always been somewhat attracted to women as well. I actually met someone via a dating website. I was attracted to her and we went out on three dates. She kept mentioning that we could never be serious until I swear off men altogether. I felt this was odd. So I decided not to see her again because she seemed too intense about that fact. I then created an OkCupid account. Ding, ding, ding. And I filled out all of the info requested. Little did I know that right under my profile pic and name was the title bisexual. I mean, it's true and all, but it seems many lesbian women do not want to go out with bisexual women. And on the other hand, I'm getting a lot of messages from men fixated on my bisexuality. I wasn't sure what to do, so I changed my sexual preference to men and called it a day. I'm wondering if you can give me any advice. I guess most women figure out early in life that they're attracted to women, but this is a recent realization for me. I'm not sure how to proceed so that I can date people and see who I relate to most, who I feel is my lifelong partner. I do not feel that gender matters when we have chemistry and relate to one another in a deep way, but I guess people find that strange. What can you recommend? Well, you're in the right place, Jay, because I don't find it strange. I think it's beautiful and wonderful that you've had this realization about yourself. And other people are finally waking up to the fact that, yes, bisexuality really does exist, just like transgender identities really do exist, just like non-binary identities really do exist. And so you shouldn't have to apologize for who you're attracted to. And especially with a partner, it's problematic. But that said, I think it's more problematic to hide your true attractions and your true nature because the other person is uncomfortable with that. I think it says a lot about a woman that you're dating that she makes you swear off men altogether. And I, I feel like there may have been a missed opportunity, Jade, to get curious and get under that. And what was really there? And yes, there has been a stigma in culture for a long time against bisexuality, but it's it's a spectrum, right? And there may be times when you feel more attracted to women. There may be times when you feel more attracted to men. But if you are seeking commitment, all of that doesn't matter if you are choosing the person who's in front of you. And to me, what the woman you were dating was saying was that I don't feel secure. I don't feel secure and comfortable in this relationship. Maybe it's from other relationships she's had where she dated bisexual women and then they dated men and then she she took that personally to mean they were not attracted to her or her gender any longer. 
But I think there's a second layer in that that says, I don't feel confident in this relationship for whatever reason. Maybe you were hesitant about the relationship for other reasons, and then she read that as being because of your bisexuality. Or maybe, maybe there was something else going on that made her feel like you two weren't connecting or she didn't have that level of trust that should be building by the third date. Now, for the guys that have the fantasies about the bisexuality, honestly, Jay, I think it's a porn problem. I don't know what to say about that. Like, there are people that are going to have fantasies and fetishes and that are going to act on them in the online dating space. But again, I don't think that is a reason for you to not be honest and authentic about who you are. Because eventually that is going to come up in the relationship. And eventually it also may be irrelevant for that person because if you're committing to them, you're not committing to a gender, you're committing to a person. And that should negate any fears that they have about you potentially flipping and being being like, oh, now actually I lied and I am going to date a different gender. So I say do you, Jay, but I'll give you some tips from the online dating perspective because yes, any app is going to show who you date, who you're attracted to. And really, like this is not an OkCupid plug, but OkCupid has put a lot of effort and a lot of investment into creating a space for the LGBTQ plus community. Oh, hello, Pride Month tomorrow. It's coming. But there was a lot of investment in making sure that the matching algorithm could work for people like you who identify as bisexual and who are seeking people of different genders. So I think OkCupid could be a great place for you. But another idea, if you're if you're just literally inundated by like gross skeevy messages from men that are just like, oh, you're bisexual. Let me get with you and your girlfriend. Ew, we don't want those messages. Guys that are listening, it's not cute. (laughs) But if you just really don't want those, what you could do, Jay, is have two different profiles. You could have a profile on her, which is traditionally known as a lesbian dating app. And you could have a profile that says straight on OkCupid or on another app. And then you're keeping the two communities separate. But Jay, you are being honest when you meet people that you are bisexual or you say it in your profile somewhere further down in the profile where they actually have to put in a little bit of investment to get to know who you are as a person beyond the label. And see how that works. See how see if that makes you feel more comfortable. Because I'm about just supporting you to be your most authentic self, but also supporting you to be able to use these tools of dating apps and offline dating tools to be able to make the real connections that you are craving. So do you, boo. I hope this is helpful for you. I can't wait to hear what happens and which changes you make. And trust me. Trust me, trust me. There is someone out there who will appreciate all of you, all of the things that you bring to the table and not choose to judge you because of who you are, how you identify, how you move through the world, who you're attracted to, because that is all a part of what makes you uniquely you. I hope you enjoyed episode 413 of Dates and Mates. If you love the show, I have one simple ask. Please share the show with a friend. 
And please, okay, I had two asks. <laughs> and please send me your questions. I love to hear questions from my listeners. I love to dissect even the longer questions like the one that Jay sent, or you can DM me your question at Demona Hoffman on Instagram or Twitter or Facebook. You can send me a voice memo or you can call me or text me at 424-246-6255. We will be back next Tuesday with my dear friend and my favorite health expert, Dr. James Simmons. He will give us an update on where we are in the pandemic dating season, and he will take us into Pride Month. Until then, I wish you happy dating.